Coming to you live from San Francisco, California, United States of America. Uh-huh. It's Dad and Sons at GDC, featuring one of us. Hey, it's me. I'm uh, the San Francisco treat. <laughs> please, add, please add some music, some some crowds some there, this, some crowd effects. Because hey, if it's just Liam's full house, Liam's some chanting, voice, like it. add a little bit of echo on there. Yeah. 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 But yes, welcome to Dan Sons, the weekly podcast that this week has only one topic. Well, two topics, basically. But it's all associated with GDC because we have a man on the ground. We are live, coming from the press room at GDC. It's Mr. George Weedman. I'm uh, the weed store himself. I'm, I'm, I'm our GDC correspondent here, uh, <laughs> reporting from two days in the past. Uh, you can tell he's in the press room because he's talking yes, like he's a mouse. Quiet. Yeah, he's so quiet. He's so embarrassed. He's so embarrassed. What are you talking about? I am. I'm. I'm proud of myself. Just yell. You know, this yell penis. That's always a good game. Yeah. You know. And everyone says it quiet at first, and then everyone builds up to saying, "Penis!" Is this really loud? No, we, no, no one played that game as when you were younger. I don't know. I don't want to like lose my we, job. No, we in the in the UK it was called bogeys. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> did they say bogey? Yeah, bogeys. See how loud you can say the word bogeys. Bogey. Oh no, that's not that's not risky enough. Here it is man. in the UK. It is. What does that you gotta, you word gotta... mean? <laughs> Fuck! Don't say bogeys, Jesus. <laughs> is that like a slur or something? Are we gonna get in trouble now? No, bogeys for us means snot. Oh, oh, like boogers. Yeah, boogers, yeah. boogies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Tomato, tomato. Wow. I should have grew up in the UK. I'd have been a healthier boy. True. My mind went to a very dark place involving Nazi air raids. So, uh... wow, wow, wow! What have you been playing? Yeah, you know, bogeys, like like the Air Force terminology. Ah, okay, like bogeys coming left. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of what I've been playing, um, nothing. Surprisingly, well, there's the the IGF Pavilion. The best part of every GDC Expo floor is the little corner where the cool guys with the cool games are. And uh, there's one that I want to go ahead and, and pay my respects to called What the Golf. It's a parody golf game that is for people who hate golf. This game looks awesome. And uh, <laughs> the whole game is played with a control scheme that involves filling up a meter and slapping a golf ball around a stage. And they have some really creative side-scroller type levels almost where you have to jump gaps and jump from platform to platform using golf controls and there's <laughs> i don't know how much of a spoiler this would count because it was part of the gdc demo but there's even a super hot level where you have to like dodge bullets in slow motion that only move when your golf ball moves and uh wow. shortly after that there was another stage that looked like a regular ordinary golf game where a little uh, cartoony golf character was was um swinging up for for a swipe and as soon as he hit the ball the golfer was the person who ragdolled off into the distance down the course <laughs> It's weird because you say that, and the only other game I've played this week, other than finishing Devil May Cry 5, which I finished, man. Congratulations. How do, how... It's really weird because that game sort of tails off towards the end and is... Uh... Yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it? Doesn't it just like fall off the a cliff? A little disappointing. Literally. Yeah, but it's still a good game. <laughs> anyway, the only other game I played this week is a small indie title called Golf Peaks. No way. We both care about golf this week? Well, this one's a puzzle weirdly looks like into the breach isometric puzzle game about 
you you have like cards that have directions and move um like n- numbered movement on it and then you have to put those cards in order to hit the golf ball around the course oh my god it's a card based golf battler it is a card based golf bat puzzle not battle puzzle P- puzzle 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 bat i mean a puzzle is a battle when you really think about it i'm sure i can come up with an excuse later golf is a battle against your own mind yes um yeah and your wallet it's pretty good though. It's really cheap. It was like four dollars on the Switch store, and it has some frustrating parts and doesn't explain stuff very well. But it's very nice. It has calm music, and it's a pretty good puzzle game. It's cool. That's all I really have to say about that golf. So, uh, Matt, you got a you got a chance to check out San Francisco in your California travels? Uh, I have not. I have not. I am watching an RTX demo for ray tracing and it's looking oh, pretty sick. Oh yeah, I need to understand ray tracing better. There was um a couple stations downstairs where they had a uh, Metro Exodus um running it as well as believe it or not Quake 2 <laughs> from 1997. Wow. Just with a uh, ray tracing mode button you can press and it's hard to really gauge the difference i feel at this stage not until games built for it come out yeah because if you compare screenshots of metro and battlefield with rtx mode on and off like it's a slight difference and the quake 2 ray tracing port looks like a kind of like garish neo source port with bizarre shadows everywhere because the game's not built for it but the tech demos nvidia did with star wars were like actually looked like something not possible on current gen hardware and i didn't yeah. Do you know what ray tracing is? I I don't fully know, but there is a great visual model in this Quake demo that kind of displays it, where you can press a button and it turns on a sort of film grain looking, uh, not a not a filter, but an actual real time um, visual model showing the little like tiny dots. Yeah, dots okay. everywhere yeah. of the rays that they're uh, tracing yeah. out. So ray tracing is like the way uh, things are rendered and how they interact with light and the basically like if you have like reflections or shadows or stuff that can go onto other objects how they interact with other things like light bouncing off other objects yeah. that then reflect inside of other objects and stuff like that basically the encounters of virtual objects in a scene it's like calculating collision for lighting almost yes. and, and apparently it's, it's really demanding that's pretty much yeah that's, that's, that's a good explanation actually it's pretty much collision of <laughs> stolen light from other things <laughs> well i i like to visualize it i haven't seen a developer show a graph that looks like this but i'm imagining a light bulb with a bunch of like straight lines coming out of it in three dimensions in every direction and in this uh, Quake 2 demo, you can set a mode on that shows you the like points of collision. And so during the brighter parts of the level, you see a lot more white dots concentrated where there's lights and less so. And the dot is supposed to be the, the point of impact where, where some sort of value bounces off back that dot. And uh, I don't know, like, are we even brightening the texture anymore? Is that how lighting works under this system? Because the textures do get brighter, but that was how the calculations worked back in my, like, Quake 3 days. It was just a formula that determined how bright the textures were going to be in a circular radius around the light source. And this is a really different way of thinking of lighting. Like, the texture might even have less to do with it than the specular quality or reflective quality flagged some other way than by texture. Really? I'm, I'm just looking forward to, like all these games that are using all this new technology that you need, like a very expensive graphics card, which oh, granted, okay. I bought them um, to, I, I want to see it just be able to be in my browser. 
to, to be oh. honest. Like, that's all I'm thinking about. It's just like all these games. It's like, I don't want to rent it. Well, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to be, buy the latest and greatest again. Well, that, you know? that, that would uh, be a great segue into the uh, big theme of the show, the, the big showcase, the keynote, if you will. GDC. The, the literal keynote <laughs> for GDC was, was the Google Stadia. And, and I suspect that me and Liam have. What a dumb name. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Where do we? Google Stadium. Where do Stadia. We Stadium. 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 Yeah, that, yeah, you're not, that, that's not good. That's, Stadia. <laughs> that's not good. I, I had. Stevia. Okay, full credits to my friend Ryan. I was, we were going home in the uh, rail car yesterday, and he just kind of stroked his, his chin and said, I got it. Why the hell didn't they call else? it? Exactly. Why didn't they name it something else? Why the hell didn't they name it the well, I Google thought he was stroking surf? something else. Oh, oh. Uh, well, in San Francisco, apparently, uh, there's very, very lax laws regarding public indecency. But either way, yeah, no, <laughs> Google Surf, Google Wave. I don't uh, – Stadia sounds like something you want to ask your doctor about, something that comes with a list of side effects that uh, the commercial has to go yeah. through real fast. Yes, yes, exactly. See, that's weird because to me it doesn't because I've I've watched soccer for a long time. So the word Stadia is just normal to me. It just means like – stadium it just means that i get it i get it i just i've maybe that's a cultural thing you're a sports fan i feel like it's not the greatest name but i mean to me it was like well okay yeah i mean if we think about every console name ever they're not exactly great the dreamcast is probably the best name ever in my opinion such a good name super nintendo also cool easy name his, as, as we all know, and as I think we like yelled yes last week, I was about to say yesterweek, as we yelled yesterweek, it's not the name that matters. It's not even the horsepower that matters for, for a console. It's, it's the game library. But it, this isn't a console. I don't... Ah. It's a service. Where do we start? Where do we start? Wait, we already started. We started at the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You complained about yeah. the name. Get, I just, just want to say to all those people who hit me up on Twitter... Yes, I knew about this, but no, I didn't know what the controller looked like. So when I was shitting on the render last week, which was a shitty render, and the new and the new controller looks absolutely fine, looks like a Nintendo looks Pro fine. controller. Yeah, it supposedly looks... handles really well. I did not know what that looked like. No, they don't I don't have it on the floor. I have not been able to hold it. They just have it behind some glass cases. Probably like because it's not in production. Museum. So there's probably like a couple of prototypes in existence. They don't want to break those prototypes on the, I, on the demos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, they did have demo stations up running. And I uh, remember when I was playing the Project Stream Beta for S's Odyssey, um, it was pretty like all right and responsive all things considering partially i expect because it was an assassin's creed game where you kind of expect some latency to your controls anyway but video and image quality was fine up until you go into a forest and all the little dots and all the little shadows of leaves bouncing off of uh, your character and the geometry underneath them would futz with the compression algorithm and blur the screen up a lot and so the first thing i did when i got up to the the gdc demo station for odyssey for stadia was walk the character into a forest and pan the camera around really fast and see what happens and it only blurred like an eighth of the screen instead of a 
uh, a third to a to a half of it like it would during the beta. And in, you can't trust this stuff. I remembered from Gamescom playing um, streaming demos. You can't really trust the demo experience in a controlled environment like this. But that's at least one stress test I put it through that it performed what? better with the it beta. A little, yeah, it worked a little better. You know, yeah. it's weird because obviously most people will know by now part of the conference mm-hmm. my boss Dylan Cuthbert was on stage because the company I work for this well the studio I work for is working on a game for Stadia that is going to be a Stadia exclusive oh boy um, which will mean that Stadia are serious about some form of I mean they've they've created their own first party yeah. studio so and, and they're serious like, about this Feel free to, like, make a disclaimer that you have a professional interest in this stuff. Because cause I got, I got, I, I got opinions. <laughs> ah. I can't, I can't, well, this is the thing. Okay, I, I got opinions. a strong opinion about what you just said. All I will say is that I was very proud to be a part, a, a small cog of the conference and that compared to what i've heard about people talk about it being like compared to on live and stuff like that Mm -hmm. this is google this is not a small company like on live that came out almost 10 years ago when the internet was a completely different beast this is google one of the biggest internet providers and general companies in the world if anybody can make this a reality it's them whether it's the right time only time will tell but if anybody can tackle it right now they are one of maybe three companies in the world who can do it so it only time will tell and and it could run on a cell phone so that means they have solved some type of well issue with the amount of speed right One thing that also was happening, and you even saw this on the on the expo floor, at eh, expo floor, on the on the keynote presentation, and I saw this on the demo station, was that there were stutters, and that's because they're running it through Wi-Fi. Mm. And I've played so many streaming services. That's a core ass rule you don't want to break. You don't want to do this stuff through Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is inconsistent. It's unreliable. It spikes in and up and down depending on if you're getting a cell phone yeah. call in the room. The, reali- so on the, demo the reality floor, is, this is only going to work right now for like twenty percent of the world. Like, me right now in Japan, I have, like, a 15 megabit connection. I'm not going to be able to run it. Well, guess what wireless protocol the controller uses? What do you mean? Wi-Fi. It does not use Bluetooth. Your cell phone calls could potentially, like, break your input on the controller. No, but that makes sense. It it makes some kind of sense. No, 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 technologically that works way better. I like you're sending a signal. I don't know if that's matching up with my personal experiences. No, that's no, no, no. The the way you think about controls are, is either through Bluetooth or infrared, right? Which sends a signal to a box, which the and box. Thank then God has we to, don't do infrared anymore. No, but this is the point. If with a streaming thing, this is different, right? Right. The way it would work with the project stream is you would have had like a USB connection to your PC, right? With a controller. Uh, yeah. So you're sending input signals from your hardwired controller through a USB mm-hmm. cord to your computer, which then the computer then has to process and then send to both the visual, mm-hmm. uh, to send yep. usually to the visual on the TV. And it's usually about 10 milliseconds, right? That's how mm-hmm. games work. But, now, but before, you would have had to send the signal to your computer, and then your computer would have had to send that over Wi-Fi or through a LAN cable back 
to the data center. And if you're streaming, you would never, ever want to use Wi-Fi. Right. But the, that's irrelevant. So what's happening now is you're cutting all of that out, which no, is way it's, slower. It's not irrelevant anymore because, like, you can see the stutters on the demo presentations on the floor right now in the building that I'm inside. No, no, There's... no. If you're sending the, the control inputs immediately, like, you're not going to LAN cable your controller. That's just not the reality, right? You can, you can LAN cable up your computer to receive the image, but in terms of, like, mm -hmm. the way you want your input signals to be sent, it would be better to send them through Wi-Fi. So the, it, the thing is, they're, they're not doing they're not doing direct connection. This is not what it's for. They are advertising like, it, it as a Wi-Fi. Wi like they like they they use the slate and everything. Those don't have a LAN port inside. It, you're not yeah, gonna no, get a yeah, a little a Wii USB to LAN cable and snap imagine, it on your your slate. I imagine they're slide. hedging their bets or mostly on five G slate. Being, mm -hmm. That's what it is. They're hedging their bets on like five G and cellular devices getting way better. No one plays Smash through Wi Fi. Just saying. I do. You and me did. I do. <laughs> I, I, George, we did. I live with roommates. I don't. I can't direct connect that all the time. You know. So you have to I buy have a to fucking adapter for that shit. I'm not gonna yeah. spend money on an adapter. I don't care. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Twenty dollars. That's that's like ramen right there, man. That's like that's half like of the game coffee. price right now. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about ownership no. rights. Okay. Okay. What do you mean of the games? Yes, when um, the exclusive Q Games comes out on the Google Stream and whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, Google whoa, Stream whoa, eventually whoa. goes away, what's going to happen to the game? Well, the same as any on live service right now, like Apex Legends, it goes away. I that imagine. fucking sucks. Yeah, but it, are you complaining about Apex Legends for the same reason? You're not. Sure, I would you're, love it if future historians that you know I'm not directly connected but with, you're but you're not still complaining care about. about it, right? Like we've spoken about Apex Legends multiple. Like I'm not defending this; I'm just pointing out a point, right? You're you're not complained about that being a thing with Apex Legends, but you're complaining and in about the it future, now people because probably it, will because it's a part. Yeah, but uh, it's exactly. Important right? to look at so long-term investments. In, the Google thing is falling in line with what is happening with the rest of the world. Fortnite. Yeah, Apex Legends, uh, most like League of Legends, uh, Dota, all of the top video games in the world don't have physical editions right now. They don't. Those games are fully multiplayer only and will go away the same as these other games. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. It does. But you're not complaining about that. But it's invalid consumer with this like some, for some reason. Like some Some devil's advocacy going on now. No, no, it's like, it's just a point, right? If if people are having to play, like, Apex Legends and not complaining about it, like, with stuff like that is fully streaming, like, the convenience is there, but also the risk that, yes, all of this might go away one day. This is why I'm saying if anybody can do it, it's Google, because Google are very unlikely to go away compared to a company like OnLive. Whether Google's it's the hardware right support has oh, gone like it's a roller coaster in terms of yeah, its history. It is. It truly it truly is, right? They but just shut down Google Plus this week. Yeah. Because it was competing with something. It was competing it, with and stuff. And that's that where was I think the, the Stadia strategy is wrong. I don't think they need to market it as a next generation competitor to consoles themselves. I think they need to market it as an alternative supplementary service to add pickup and play portability but and extra functionality are, to existing George. games. No, they're making exclusives. You just said so. They are because they want people to come to their service. I mean, and try it out. Why would they not? 
Why would oh, they it feels not? Feels like throwing away art. I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like your your part of generation is holding us back, George. You're holding us back. It's, it's weird. It's weird because like mobile <laughs> games and like every mobile game that's ever made, games like uh, Oberdin maybe or like games that are literally only digital, might all just go away one day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the weird, sucky future we live in. And games preservation is something I'm very an advocate for. I collect retro games and all of this kind of stuff. But it's kind of what's happening everywhere, right? So if Google just want to make their own first-party games to entice people, like Netflix, like when they made Bandersnatch, there's no DVDs of, like, Bandersnatch or, like, Black Mirror or, uh, what is it, Love, Death and Robots. Like, there's no physical editions of that. If Netflix goes away, that all of that kind of goes away. Right, like I, I get it. It's just that you got to realize that a lot of things have went away, and this is just going to be one of those things that go away. That's true. I agree. Because no one, you think forever, we're always going to have physical copies of things. That's not going to happen. Or at least eventually, we're just not going to have backups of things. But there isn't an offline backup of Apex Legends. If if the servers go down, there you can't be. even play that game because it depends. You should be able to launch the client and explore an empty server and play with the, the physics. For, the game's well, gone. Number one, for practicing purposes. Number two, for historical preservation so that people in the future can know how this stuff plays and felt. And I love I don't know, number three, for but... like academic and legal research to, to see what kind of assets they were using and uh, how, how much they showed in other places. For getting the cultural context of of what was going on at the time. But you the game would agree with me future. that it's not the same game, though, right? Well, it's, how do you once, mean? Once all of the actual gameplay goes away, like the game, the playing with other people in a battle royale, which is what the game is, once that goes away, it's not the game anymore. You could look at pictures or, or screenshots of the game, and it would be very okay, you wouldn't get the feel of how the characters move and stuff like that, but you would be re- it would be representative of the aesthetic and everything of that game. If I were to go back and play Halo 3, it's not going to be the same. The same people are not going to be online talking smack about my mother. It's not <laughs> going to happen anymore. Everyone's in party t- Like, everything has changed. And you're never going to be able to go back and really feel Halo 3 the way it was or Gears of War when it first came out and how people were hyped about it. and Like, that was part of that game. Like, when you play a game like that now, it's like, you can't even, like, wow, this is trash. These controls are sticky. Like, you don't, there's a lot of things that people are not going to be able to realize. It doesn't matter if you reserve the physical copy want... of it or not. I... God, man, I hate hearing, like, you just accept <laughs> that and deal with it. Cause... It's not acceptance. I just feel like it's one of the it's one of the lesser concerns to do with Stadia. Because you're not complaining about other things, but that isn't, like... Like, if this is going to work. Like, 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 if they really this just wasted just... so much money on this. Like, if this works <laughs> and that is a thing, then that then becomes a problem. But if this just doesn't work anyway, then it's all irrelevant anyway. So, right now, that being a valid concern is kind of like, meh well you know let's see if it actually just works to start with and then let's see if the games that they actually bring out hopefully ours is a great game like uh, let's hope that the games that come out are great and then we can worry about them going away but if the games turn out and they're just they're bad then it's like well well you know there was a time and a place okay I, i want it to work because people can just like load it up and play 4k games like easy like if that I feel like it's just too good to be true. When mm. I watched the keynote, I was like, ah, this is too good to be true. No. But if it works, 
if it works. This stuff like, has worked and not worked in the past. I, it did not. The, the performance and image quality of the Project Stream demo was really not that much of a different experience from what we were getting from OnLive in 2011. When this, the, mm. the platform officially launches, it's going to have all this YouTube and Twitch integration that will supposedly make it a fundamentally different experience. It is maybe like internally on the back end, but not on the consumer OnLive experience. Is like batshit crazy. You like, think I'm batshit crazy? I think For if you're <laughs> comparing it to OnLive, you're batshit. You're talking about technology and infrastructure that is 10 years old now. Like, OnLive was an sure, idea is the that same. really was great, but it just came at the wrong time. And it was literally a $10 million investment company. Like, it was just, it's not Google. It's not like what Google has, the money, the time, the power to be able to make something like this work. And, and the and, capital to fake it till they make it. Well, yeah, but... It, it, it fake it till they make it. That's the thing is OnLive didn't have that. So if Google Stream, uh, Google Stream, That's Google, not a good thing though. That's Stadia a is bad shit investment in the beginning. Off like brute force. Yeah, but if it's bad in the beginning but gets good, what's the difference? Because if it's bad in the beginning and doesn't get good, Google will let it go. Like uh, they, they. Yeah. So then it just then it was like it never existed in the first place. And your exclusive game go go away. I mean. That's a that's a risk that people like my boss have to decide then, isn't it? I mean, I don't I am not partaking in those discussions, but I feel like making a game these days and putting it on Steam is the same risk. You're taking a risk. Like you make a game, nobody notices it, it fades into obscurity and dies. Or you make yeah, a game all that all that hentai DLC. You make an investment up. with a company that is starting something new, and if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. All those early adopters of the Wii U or the Dreamcast and stuff like that, you never know. But you have to take a risk. So let's talk about pricing. Yes. They did not announce any pricing models or and how I the don't store know is anything about that. I know nothing. Or about what that. share the developers are gonna get. Or hmm. what the long-term visibility prospect of their games are going to get. Like, if it's a subscription model, then you know a lot of indie devs who rely on long-term sales expectations versus launch successes are going to be taking issue with that front. Uh, yeah. And if it's a um, individual like like purchase per game, then people are going to want to require some kind of cross-platform play, like. The my eyes kind of like opened up and I was like, oh, this is cool. Once the uh, Project Stream beta was on its way out and they gave you a license to the Uplay version and you could go back and forth with the, your save staying consistent. And that wow, was... that is kind of them. They gave you yeah, a literal that... free copy of the game? Yeah, yeah. Ubisoft and Google had a very generous deal going on for these beta wow. testers. And uh, it was super neato and cool being able to carry the same um, session across portable devices. And uh, if if the game is an exclusive to just the streaming devices, or if they uh, they they mention they have cross platform support, but they didn't specify what platforms. And I would be a lot cooler with this if I could like confirm right now that those UPlay versions could be tossed back and forth across other Ubisoft games. I imagine games. there will be something like that. There'll be partnerships with companies like Ubisoft where it's like, hey, look, we will be we will provide for your platform, but. We also want that to be like a crossplay thing where they can use it on Stadia, but they can also use it and download it locally on their PC. I imagine that will be similar to like what happened with Project Stream. I don't know, but 
So I think the problem is that Google has the infrastructure, the, the, the money muscle, the tech muscle behind it. I just don't know if I'm seeing the business sense to pull it off because it seems like the, the use value that they perceive their service having is far different from what has been advantageous about streaming services in the past, which is kind of breaking down the boundaries between platforms rather than the boundary of the platform itself. I'm not really sure what you mean by that because I mean for as much as I have my worries about this about it working it's not going to work for me I already know that I don't have internet powerful enough to do that I can't really see how Google could have really done anything different they're going to announce everything else in the summer uh, every developer who's probably signed up for it already knows what Google's plans are and have still signed up for it it's not like developers don't know They've signed like it's not like Ubisoft have signed up with it not knowing what they're gonna make out of it, of course. So all these developers who have signed up for it, it must be promising whatever contract that is being offered from Google. But like signing people like Phil Harrison and Jade Raymond to run like first party studios, I'm not really sure how Google could have approached this any differently at all. Uh, had representatives from the other storefronts on stage to confirm to consumers that their streaming versions are going to be able to carry across to other non-streaming platforms. But it, that might be a per-contract game basis. Like, it might work with Ubisoft because Ubisoft are a huge company. Mm -hmm. But for other like other indies, it might not work. And also, you really think Steam and Epic are going to... Are gonna get involved in this? Like it no, like because massively capitalism. cuts into their market. They're not gonna right. do this. But also Epic and Steam aren't fighting nicely so with each other either. So I, I have I'm not really a, sure a, how I think it's I have work. A, a way to conceptualize how I would like it to work, and that is looking at streaming as a format rather than a platform. Comparative to like the the differences between streaming a movie through Netflix versus buying the Blu-ray. Uh, it's the same exact movie, same exact product. You have two options of which to experience, one of which is more of a permanent record than the other, one of which is a suboptimal experience that's a lot cheaper than the other. Yeah. Neither of them, like there are Netflix exclusives and whatnot, but people can at least still like record it and keep an offline backup. It's not comparable to games where those exclusives are going to go away forever because of the nature of the platform. That would be great. Like if you could pay... $50 for the latest Assassin's Creed and you get the you get the license to the Stadia version and also to download it or if you pay $20 and you get the Stadia version only like that would be better or if the same games were available across a subscription service you pay like $20 a month for and your saves cross over to the non-subscription non-Stadia versions and you can carry the same session back and forth across multiple platforms well on the development side it's, games... got to, it's got to work something like Xbox Game Pass or PSN. They have to like shell out like a butt yeah. ton of money to Which developers. Which have turned out to be pretty good deals so long as a competitive marketplace exists. But Netflix doesn't really have a competitor apart from Amazon, and yet that's wildly successful. So it's and it's they've been going... also increasing prices as their share of the market but has grown it's uncomfortably not unreasonable, large. Is it like you pay literally the price of one cinema ticket and you can watch? unlimited content for a whole month like if if amazon say hey look this is uh, if google say this is a 15 dollars subscription and you can play literally like a thousand games uh, on any device anywhere as long as you have a good enough internet connection it's not exactly something that's bad right i think google is just trying to take over really 
I mean, All yeah. All of a sudden, that, PlayStation I, goes I away. Think Xbox goes away. Nintendo won't go away because it's Nintendo. Nintendo are probably uh, the made only so many ones bad who, decisions yeah. and they have gotten away with it. Nintendo so. are probably Close. the only ones who aren't worried about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, Xbox and PS4. P- Xbox well, more than PS4, of course, because like, PS4 is actually a good console. <laughs> Nintendo's um, strategy actually represents what I would like to see Google's strategy being, and that is of a more portable, lower-cost option to play existing games that are already great elsewhere. Because streaming yeah, a game man. is going to be a suboptimal experience. And this is partially why I think the slippery slope prediction of of streaming becoming the mainstream primary way to play games is is not realistic and also why I don't want them doing exclusives with this thing. Well, that's you know, if it's their money that goes into these exclusives and they know what their service is going to be and they're going to plow billions of dollars into this and then it's going to disappear. Well, it's it's Google, isn't it? Like that's that's just what happens. It's 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 these games wouldn't exist if Google didn't put the money into it in the first place. It's kind of hard to think about and it. They won't exist when 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 Google inevitably goes away in whatever decade that's going to happen, unless there is an alternate Whoa, backup. That's, no, nothing lasts forever, guys. <laughs> it's not going to be anytime soon. <laughs> not if this works out. <laughs> if this works out. They're going to be in there for a long time. They're going to become E-Corp, my friend. Yeah, but it's not E-Corp. forever. And, and as the decades go on, and you want to look back <laughs> at what work you've done with your life, and you're unable to, how is that going to feel? Like when you're an 80-year-old man on your deathbed, and you're like, what was I doing in the 2020s? And you can't bring a record of that out? I that's going to be a shitty way to die. I don't know if I would <laughs> oh care at that God. point. <laughs> <laughs> What does video games have to do with anything like that? <laughs> Are you trying to say that you don't go out, George? You don't you don't eat things. You don't you know you don't have friends. You don't go out with you know you know you don't go to Japan. You know all these things that you do. You're not gonna remember any of that. No, I'm gonna have offline Only backups of uh, photos and other such <laughs> memories. But, but okay, so one thing I don't get is like not developers not wanting offline copies of their hard ass work. I mean, I can't really. It's weird because there are there are there are physical copies of every game ever made. Whether it's there'll be a physical copy of Apex Legends somewhere. It's it's then it's up to the developers what happens with that. Usually, developers make games and they move on. Games are fucking hard, and by the end of like a project, you don't even care. You don't even want to see. You don't even want to play the game. Like, like, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, what's his name? Adam Conover, the guy who Adam who does Adam ruins everything. And he was he does a podcast called Humans Make Games. It's like a tie-in mm-hmm. with IGN. Very much a rip off of Final Games. I'll have you know. <laughs> Whoa, the shade. <laughs> but he had Justin Maher in it, who did Into the Breach, who is a lovely chap, and I've spoken to Justin many times. Justin talks about the fact that even with Into the Breach, a game which is fucking phenomenal, which I would play forever, he does not want to play that game ever again in his life. He just, he just, he's, he's, how does he know for sure that he's not going to have that same opinion later in but his he's, life? He's obviously proud of it, right? But it, it's, it's a tight. Like, are you going to go back and watch every single YouTube video you ever made, George? When I'm praying like hell on my deathbed, yeah. Do you have backup copies of all of them? Right now, right I this instant. I plan on. No, no, actually, no, no, I do no, have no, DVDs. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't say you're going to plan on doing it. Right now, 
I do have a stack of DVDs archiving the first four years of Bunny Hop on my shelf. So why after four years have you stopped? Because I do it at the end of every year. Ah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, that is actually interesting. I want mementos. I used to keep everything, and then I just deleted it all today because it was taking up too much space. <laughs> Do you have backup copies of every Dad and Sons episode? Because we know they're much more valuable. No. <gasps> Matt. Wow. Did you hear that? Oh, you know, I don't feel like doing a podcast anymore. <laughs> I think I'm done. <laughs> See you guys later. I feel like I'm 80 day. and I'm on my deathbed and George has let me down. George is like Google. Now that you mention it, though, I should get on that. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's too late now. It's too no, late. No, it's already it's compressed on 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 the SoundCloud. Well, now okay, right click, so. save as. Then I got my offline copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you got to do traditionally for all of so, computer history up until so, shit becomes cloud based everything. So 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 on on Google uh, Google Stadium. <laughs> if they have a right click and save as option on whatever game that you want, would you be happy? Yeah. Google Stadium would would be uh, a plus. That's for you? what. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to play and my games on different platforms and uh, ones okay with, with, with more permanency and 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 preservation potential. I for one welcome the Google overlords. All right, like, I um, just want it to work. Like, convenience, like, at this point, yes, having please. owned a Switch for uh, two years now, like, every Switch game I have, apart from Breath of the Wild, is a digital copy. And the convenience yeah. of that has been beautiful. Like, to, I take my Switch everywhere, and being able to play every game I own for that particular console doesn't feel like I've been buying those games. It feels like I've just been building up a collection on that device. And I like it. And if but I what can... What if you lose that Switch? It's gone forever. If my sw- if I drop my switch on a bus and I lose it, like they might be gone forever. But it's the risk they I take for forever. the convenience. Because Nintendo is garbage in everything they do. <laughs> in everything they do about their console is garbage. What? Why can't you just download the same games you paid for? Why? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm not gonna go on a rant. I'm not gonna yeah. go on a rant. <laughs> Agreed. That sucks. And it's yeah. If you lost your switch and you had all those digital versions, like yeah, it's gonna be fucking hella hard to switch. get those back. It's like the only console I play other than my PS4. So you play two consoles. <laughs> no, no, no. So, sorry. Well, I only play PS4 because, like, a new game comes out. But, like, my Switch, I actually play it, like, constantly. Me compared too. To, I like, take it every PS4 round. is like, I don't load up my PS4. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play this game I have installed on here. No, I bought a, I got a red box, and I'm playing the PS4 just for the sake of this you know that game. Yeah, it feels it. so like the Switch is something different. It's more of a community I thing. Pro- like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna play with somebody. I'm gonna play some Smash. Yeah, or I like procrastinate that. turning on my PS4 like for ages, but with the Switch, I just press the fucking button and it's on, and everything's fine. Yeah, it's user friendly. Make sure I'm very careful with it because <laughs> that's a lot of money in there. But yeah, Project Stream Beta was totally comparable to on live. <laughs> it was Saints Row Three, and I mean, you're talking about for... technology that's ten years old. That didn't work then. It wouldn't. Oh no, we're not. We're not doing this again. We're now. not. We're oh, not okay, doing this. okay. On the subject of pricing, I I 
converted to starting to give streaming the benefit of the doubt that it has you a place in the world. You were literally the one. When... Me and Matt were like, you were literally the hype master. You were the one like, stream is the awesome future. Up. It's going to be great. Let's do this. No. No, 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 I've, I've, okay, the internet I feel is actually way more hostile towards streaming than I am, and I feel like it has use value that is for specific situations that, uh, the people who want to make all the money in the world are not going to want to embrace. See, OnLive, um, convinced me that this stuff was not terrible and awful when they had a sale going for one dollar games, and at that point... I was actually pretty happy picking up Saints Row 3 and playing through most of the entirety of it for OnLive. Oh, whoops, two years later, Comcast adds a data cap to my ISP that's 300 gigabytes. That becomes literally impossible. That's, um, but that's no, for America. $1, that, that's like an ISP problem. That isn't like a Google Stadia problem. Like in Japan, that yes, wouldn't happen. You could just do that. Whatever you It's play. not in their hands exactly, but it is a problem that they the platform tried. is going to have to deal with when it launches. Yeah, true that. True that, but like in so, Japan, it would work. It's very low There's price no data points. Cap like that. But Japan, I think, has internet issues of its own. The point is, at that low of a yeah. price point, you have to acknowledge that you are getting a suboptimal experience, and that you should be saving money for the trade-offs of of the input lag and the uh, blurrier visuals. Agreed. And I ag I agree. That's why I said like you should be able to have different versions like one that gives you the license to play it locally on your pc through you play if it's an ubisoft game or whatever and then you pay less price if you just want a license to the stadia I'm, version i, I i'm getting fully the agree. vibe that they're marketing this as a premium service for first world consumers in in the west when it really should be an extremely cheap service for poor people in internet cafes I don't, in I don't, brazil and china I don't and think, india i don't think that the way they presented it it was like they don't want to reach like millions they want to reach like hundreds of millions no, the the CEO of Google literally said your games will be visible by two billion consumers who have a Chrome browser. That was the exact quote. Well, there you go. Like they're aiming for billions. Yeah, and they're not going to be marketing billions if they're they, trying to take over. If they launch this thing in in the West and quote unquote most of Europe, which was also an embarrassing flub. Everyone's on YouTube. It's really Western. Everyone's Europe. on YouTube. You watch a video, boom, play the game. If it works that way. If, if it, it works, works that way, that'll be pretty insane. intense. Pretty cool. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous if they make this work and the first impression is actually not that bad Like if marketing, the majority of the people. Oof. If marketing strategy becomes like release a trailer and the demo on the same day and you release a trailer and then you can click on the trailer to play the demo of the game, that would be amazing. <clears throat> And that's actually something that I've always been trying to popularize is streaming opening up a market for <coughs> free demos and game rentals that is not as easy to it's not as easy to hold in the market to fill in the digital age. That future might happen, George. No more Redbox. I think I think Google is not generous or in touch enough for for them to want that future to be their first choice. I think they might hold it as a plan B. What phone do you have, George? An LG Stylo Pro 2. <coughs> okay. <coughs> it's it's Android if if that was the question. So you Who's in the press room with you, George? Let's let's get a little little picture going. Uh, Who's in the press room? I can turn my webcam on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, turn anyway, turn your webcam on so I can see if there's anybody I know in the room. <laughs> um that might be disrespecting their privacy, but Oh, yeah. speaking of which, that always-on microphone is is something that people might be able to reverse engineer into a spy microphone. Oh, there's George's <laughs> face. Oh my god, 
what? It's crazy seeing George's sm- like face, I know. like being I'm upset, all- right? <laughs> like why he's doing a podcast? No, it's just weird we to- should do a webcam it's show. Just we it's just weird to see his face <laughs> and recording a podcast at the same time. What's even better is that the listeners are just going to have to listen to my face. George, are there many people in the room? Uh, I would say about 20, 30. Holy shit, I bet there's people I know. I want to see their face. Yeah, but social anxiety and privacy are, are a thing. All right, Google. Google's watching us right now. Global warming is a thing, and if I get one of these guys in an interview, I can't wait to drop that question on him. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to less controversial topics, like uh, the Nindy's announcements. Which was fucking yeah. a blast! Well, well, well. Oh, yeah. yeah, Nintendo uh, Nintendo embracing indie games is something really cool to it's see, and long time coming. Literally, not even just embracing, literally like working in tandem with now. What is it called? Cadence of... Cadence of Hyrule. It's, is yeah. It, is it Cadence of Hyrule? Is that the title? That is such a good name, yeah. Wow. Like, Nintendo trusting a studio that have made one game. Fair enough, the game is incredibly successful, Crypt of the Necrodancer. But a studio mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. only made one game, giving them license to use Hyrule and Link and Zelda and, like, make pixel art versions of that. And holy shit. For, for listeners... Who don't know? We should we should explain, Liam. What what, what are we talking about? So N- Nintendo had their sort of spin-off direct, the uh, Nintendi showcase or whatever it's called, Nintendies, uh, and there was a whole lot of indie games coming to the Switch, including Cuphead, which further proves that Game Pass might be coming to Nintendo Switch or some in some form. Also, if you remember the Minecraft sort of coming to switch thing you had to have like an xbox live account to play it online now with cuphead as well you can have like an xbox live account which is weird nintendo and microsoft playing nice with each other and there was a heck of a load of other consoles are gonna go away (laughs) george we can see you now you can't be so subtle about it (laughs) (laughs) and also uh cool games like nuclear throne and other stuff coming to Switch, but the big one was at the end was that there is a Crypt of the Necrodancer sequel coming. The Crypt of the Naked Dancer sounds a lot more interesting, to be fair. Yeah, Crypt of the Necrodancer yeah. sequel coming, uh, but it is a tie-in with The Legend of Zelda, and it is Nintendo. Tr- like I am excited about this for two reasons. One being that the game looks fucking cool anyway. It's a tie-in with Zelda based on Crypt of the Necrodancer, all about Hyrule, and it looks awesome. The second is that Nintendo are trusting an indie studio with their IP to make a game, which, and for me, is what a so... a perfect f- game to match it up with. So like, good. Me, Nintendo games are so driven by, like, music and, and color and character to start with that having, having Crypt of the Necrodancer, which was always fantastic... Come to think of it, I think uh, GDC 2013 was was me laying eyes on Crypt of the Necrodancer when it was but a demo at the IGF Pavilion. 
it's uh, it's such a perfect match for Zelda. It's a game where you have a roguelike dungeon crawl that you have to play to the beat of some background musics, so you know they're going to have some bomb-ass Dark World level in there. There's going to be a, a <laughs> some incredibly chill bonus Great Fairy Fountain uh, level maybe between dungeons. Um, ooh, ooh, we gotta we gotta talk about our favorite Zelda songs. I I know that Dark World from from Link to the Past is mine. What what are you guys looking forward to here? Because it's it's all about the song here, a level based off of the song. Just just picture it, and it's gonna be perfect. And that's probably how good it's gonna be. I'm I'm probably too hyped for this. Uh, I'm right there with you. Like being able to fucking just dance to the tunes from Zelda in a roguelike sounds amazing. Um, yeah. Of course. Just you guys are playing on controller? Um, yeah, yeah. They had dance pad. They actually had dance pad compatibility with the PC version, well, but the game's a little too complicated for that. I've tried it out a oh, couple okay. times. Just making sure. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I never I never played the game, and I, I just never, I never was in it. I played it on um, when we went out to, I think I was with you, George. We went out to a couple of the I guess mm-hmm. MomoCon or DragonCon, and, uh, and I just the, the Mega Myth of the Tabernacle too. <laughs> yes, yeah. Is it worth getting into it? Now? I, yeah, it was George one of my Leo. favorite games the year it came out. If not like, like you beat indie it? game like, of the year. I didn't beat it all the way through. It's a super difficult roguelike, but I got most of the way through and just had fun the whole time. Oh, Liam, is are are you gone, Liam? I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it. Oh, it's, I thought I heard some background. No, no, I'm here. No, like, no, that's okay. that's me. That's <laughs> that's the room. That's George surrounded by people. Um, yeah. I man, there are so many good Zelda tunes. Like, if they take any from like the Wind Waker orchestral era onwards, would be amazing as well. But I imagine, considering like the style they're going for with the pixel art stuff, a lot of it's going to be like remixes of like old Zelda tunes. I believe the one they use in the trailer is the overworld theme from Link's Awakening, which Maybe. is getting remade as well. Um, if they do stuff like Blair of Fire from Ocarina of Time, that would be amazing and stuff like that. Oh, Lost Woods. You, oh, my God. That might be like one of the early wood foresty levels. Just Lost Woods. Dance through it. Like my favorite tune is the uh, the one that is Zelda's lullaby backwards. I always forget what the name is. Oh, yeah. Skyward Sword. Yeah. Like it's so heavily orchestral. It's so good. Um, that is an amazing tune. And, uh, if they use stuff like that, that would be incredible. Um, but yeah, any like Nintendo game with with great music is a candidate of getting turned into a Crypt of the Necrodancer spinoff now, <laughs> I guess. What a what a what a cool little little trailer. And the the most exciting thing, as I like as I was trying to say, is that Nintendo working with indie studios, which means Nintendo are accepting pitches from indie studios to make Nintendo hybrid games is so fucking cool yeah like yeah, if this since, is um, like a trend if this is like the start of a trend and we see more stuff like this like oh god we could have we could be in a world of like amazing first party nintendo games and amazing 
third party Nintendo games. You've seen a lot of indie games kind of recapture the nostalgia of early Nintendo titles, almost more so than Nintendo is willing to invest in themselves. Like comparing Axiom Verge to Metroid, for example, yeah. giving that guy the license to just do his no, 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 own eight bit spinoff no, Metroid no, no, no. would be. Don't do that. Don't do that. Keep keep oh, keep oh. keep doing that. Like doing homages is fine. Do that, right? That's great. Mm-hmm. We get amazing games like. Uh, Axiom Verge being like a Metroid spinoff, and uh, you know, uh, fast racing uh, RMX being like a an F Zero. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. There hasn't been a real F Zero game, but there has been. Yeah, ha- being like an F Zero. Fast no, racing. No, no, no. Let's do more Mario and Rabbids and Crypto Necrodance across Zelda. Taking Mario and like Zelda IPs, like famous Nintendo IPs, and putting them in game genres that are so wildly different. From what they are originally from. Like, if you just give Tom Happ, the guy who made Axiom Verge, the Metroid license, it would just be a Metroid game made by Tom Happ. No, let's have, like, fucking F-Zero, but it's a tactics-based battle game. Like, let's just do crazy shit. Like, give, um, fucking, I don't know, like, give Vlambeer, give Rami, like, the keys to Metroid and make, like, a Samus-based roguelike shooter based on Zebus or some just something crazy like this which is what is super cool about this like everybody was like oh Marion Rabbids is gonna fucking suck what is this bullshit turns out fucking amazing and it's a tactics-based game with Mario in it and then now we have like a Crypt of the Necrodancer one of the craziest weirdest games in the past couple of years and now those guys have, like, the keys to Zelda. Like, come on, this is so cool. Like, I don't know. This is the announcement where I was, like, going through my head, oh, my God, this is too good to be true. Because historically speaking, as bad as Nintendo's third-party support was in previous generations, all the third-party spinoffs they've mm, made with other yeah. developers that have their IPs have been fantastic. Like, you had the, uh, in the in the turn of the millennium, there was Capcom making Zelda games, the um, Seasons and Ages and, and Minish Cap. And you were also just talking about Mario and Rabbit. But like even in the modern age, the third-party spinoffs have been great, and this just like to me means more third-party spinoffs, except in the hands of developers who uh, who who have proven themselves before to do great Nintendo-style games in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm expecting seasons quality here. It's it's hard to imagine it going. Well, wrong. the thing is, like Nintendo are not going to let these games go out or these pitches happen unless it's of some quality or they are you know in tandem so they're gonna have probably have mostly the same nintendo polish and quality but that that weird zaniness that indie developers can offer like mm-hmm. and that's the zaniness also that nintendo is still known for as yeah. the rest of the industry has so serious up and browned and bloomed up nintendo's kept the kind of zaniness that you do see evocative of the indie spirit as well yeah. the, the whimsy the like, fun the color it's, it's it's exciting. Like I really, yeah. really like it, and I hope it continues. And I the have like a thousand feel. pitches in my head that I would love to pitch to Nintendo about this now. It would be amazing. So uh, I just want to play a bunch of these indie games, like Katana Zero, Darkwood. Yeah, dude. Neo oh, Cab? Darkwood's great. Like, Darkwood's going to be great on the platform. <laughs> Can Katana Neo Zero looks fantastic? So weird. <laughs> My friend yeah, it looks is Pedro. like a Detroit Become Human game. I can imagine me having more impetus to actually beat Cuphead 
when I'm when I'm doing it in my free time than when I'm doing it with my uh, George. Immerse myself, turn the phone off, turn all the lights off in my apartment video game time. George, you're gonna have to like take out insurance on your Switch because you your Switch in portable mode and Cuphead. I don't know if good idea. Yeah, but yeah, but, I, I, I but, I'm not gonna buy that because I know what's gonna happen to me. I'm gonna throw that switch across the room. Yeah, I bet Cuphead looks fantastic on a smaller screen. Oh my god, I bet it does. <laughs> I just now thought of that. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be shrinking that image down to, to the point where you can't see any of the pixels anymore, and it's just gonna look gorgeous. Oh my goodness, it's great. Like there was a great Nindies showcase. Nintendo truly, it looks like they are investing in building these partnerships up with indie studios and having stuff like nuclear throne just be mm-hmm. like it's out today doing the apple it, it doing feels that. like a cliche to say it at this point but perfect match for the switch yeah you but know, like you know. that's yeah. it just like make it a part of your showcase and then be like it's coming out today holy shit that's amazing i'm gonna buy it and not and not even that just also being like and also we love indies we're gonna make like a 50% off sale so you can have all of these indie games right now and just it's fucking it's smart from a business point of view and it's also smart from like winning the game is over point of view so last but not least uh, you guys want to talk about the awards before before we move on is Matt what have you been doing this week <sighs> I have been playing a game that looks really, really good, right? A lot of story, you know, a lot of time invested into it, but uh, it's a, uh, it could be a little bit boring at sometimes. Uh, well, what do you think uh, a <laughs> game I'm talking about? It's for the PS4. Detroit describes beyond human. a lot. <laughs> it describes a lot. That's boring, open world. With a lot of story that looks promising and great. Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. It, it's not. Let me. All right, because everyone's gonna say, "Oh, Matt doesn't like another game." Like, listen, listen. Like, it's it's fine. I'm enjoying my time with it. But man, you're on horseback quite a lot. You Roaming know? through you that empty desert. Hold a. Yeah, it's it does not care about your time at all. You're like, okay, it's a, it's like a simulator, basically. Like, people have been saying it's a cowboy simulator. It basically is, because you're done with a mission, and then you have to, like, race across this big open field for about five, ten minutes just to get to the other mission. And it's just like, okay, okay. And then when you get to the mission, it's really short and quick, and the missions are great. <laughs> it's a good, <laughs> it's a good one. Um so some guy just walked past uh, the camera. Uh, Adi. <laughs> so the audience doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He was staring. He's at like the looking screen. deep into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I have headphones on. I kind of feel like playing an indie game now compared to just going back and playing Red Dead Redemption. And have to travel across vast distances. Have you played it, George? No, just the first one. Just the first one. I I've played it. Yeah. Yeah, did you beat it, Liam? Uh, did I? No. no. Wait, no, yeah, I no, did. I see, did. I did. I did. Actually. You did beat it. I did beat it, yeah. What do you think after beating it? Is it should I continue? Um, there's a part in the game where it changes up massively. Um Oh, should I should I walk out? Spoilers? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, don't, don't spoil oh, me. Okay. I, okay. I, I'll spoil <laughs> that. But there's a bit where it changes up to that. It's pretty fucking cool, but like Okay. Okay, all right, I'll keep playing. I'll keep playing, because it's not a bad game at all. Like, it's not even an average game. It's actually a really good game. I just don't know 
No, you could you could put it back in. You okay, good, back good, in. good. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted it, to not hear the spoilers. It's just it's just one of those things where it's just like, oh, okay. Um, in the very beginning, it's better now since I've I spent a lot of money on a better horse to move faster. Yeah. Um, and now they seem to like. It seems like in the beginning, it it they make you do these long distances because it I guess is more immersive. And then later on, they start skipping it. They're like, oh, you want to head back with me? And then you do like a cinematic cutscene thing where you're you walk with a, I mean you ride with a, your fellow companion back to to the camp or whatever yeah. like that. So it seems like they're doing that a lot more now. So it's not as bad. It still happens where you're just like, okay, I'm gonna have to travel this long distance, and some random there's a or, lot or, of, or dragos are gonna there's a lot of horse exposition. Yeah, it's uh, um, and uh, it, it's. I'm only I played a few hours of it and I'm only on chapter I just got a chapter three and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, this game is too long and too much. It's like it, but it's it's good. There's like in every little piece of the world, it's always like a little story behind it. Um I think part of it is just like I'm playing some this guy, Arthur, who you know, who sounds like you know, like the type of people you would meet in the wrong neighborhood of uh, of Georgia, <laughs> and I had to get over that. I'm like, oh, I'm just waiting for him to say the n word. Just waiting for him to say the n word. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm only in the West Coast now. I'm surviving, but uh, yeah, I I I think I'll reserve my judgment until I beat it. Then, um, since I've kind of already gotten used to kind of wasting my whole day running across the whole field. Um, and and doing these things, but yeah. Um, is that kind of? Am I kind of getting what you were talking about, Liam, when you first played half of it? Yeah, because you seem to be okay with it now since uh, this huge part no, has happened. Like, no, but in the beginning, you were like, it's, eh. it's the same. It's the same. I mean, the story is what's good about that game. I feel like I don't mm. feel like the gameplay is too intricate, which. <laughs> from like a weirdly nerdy point of view is like really fucking cool and like there are so many gameplay systems in that game but ultimately it's so slow paced at times it just is boring so slow oh there it is so slow very slow so slow it is very slow it's it is exactly like a western movie like if that's the feel that they were going for they definitely nailed it yeah. Like it's just slow pace. Slow. It's not a Django Unchained. Unchained. It's like more like those old school. Um, it would be better know. if like the gunfights were more fun, but they're not. Then they're not. I, I I just use one gun. It's the repeater, the carbine repeater. Right now, it's, I upgraded it, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's yeah. The fun. I, I hate is, the pistols. They don't kill fast enough because all I want to do is just kill them because it's not like. I don't know. It's not fun. It's not like I'm just doing it because it's there. Yeah. And I was like, I like shooting people in the head with a one shot. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. The fun, that's what I like about that game. The fun part of that game is when you do like the one off character missions that are quirky and weird. And you learn a little more about people in the camp who seem pretty cool. And that, that's but when the game's I, at we its don't, strongest. I haven't point. done any of that yet, though. Ah. There wasn't a mission where I'm just like, yeah, that was cool. Like, yeah, you robbed a couple trains. Did you do the that's... really getting drunk one in a bar? Yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. It's pretty fun. It's fun. Like, 
there's not many of those though. A lot of it is kind of more the same. They're very like, not not more the same, but like it's just. I just want a fucking car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get in the car and ride somewhere instead. <laughs> just grabbing on the horseback and holding X to to follow behind someone while you like you know grab a bag of chips and put it in your mouth you know like it's just like that's it's like okay everything is automatic almost sometimes and it's a weird game it's a very weird game it's 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 different from um their gta games that's for sure i'm yeah. guessing red dead redemption one was like this i couldn't no, get to win red dead much. redemption no. one there's a lot more emphasis on gameplay with that game hmm. but okay yeah. well that that's it that's it for me um, okay <laughs> well, I've preloaded Sekiro, ready for tomorrow to dig into that, and I hope that allows me to spend some more time with my PlayStation 4. During its 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 final moments. <laughs> Don't say oh, that, no. George. I'm about to embark on like a 50-hour Sekiro. And it's good that you're there to comfort it. Oh, oh my God, it's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. <gasps> oh, Wait, oh my for God. me it's tomorrow, oh my God. not for you. Forget Red Dead Redemption. That shit is going into the... Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm renting that shit so quick. The reviews, so the embargo, excited. the embargo lifted on the reviews two hours before we started recording. Uh, safe to say, from software, continue their streak. Oh, I am playing the hell out of that game. Supposedly, oh my God. supposedly, according to reviews, it's more difficult. How is that even fucking possible? Oh, great. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to play it anymore. Oh my god, we got a 9.5 from IGN. Let's see what else what else we got. A 9 from Game Informer? Uh Polygon's got one. I don't I don't want it to be more difficult. I, I think I would enjoy this I more. I think it's um, difficult. This difficulty more than I do Dark Souls. Yeah, because Dark Souls is like, yeah. oh, big man across the corner yeah, and smashes yeah. you. That's the thing yeah. is I think with this one, I think the difficulty is that it's the game plays different. It's not like getting smashed in the face and taking a shit ton of damage. Yeah. It's just like the way you face the combat. And Movement. Instead of, it's more skill based than it is like, oh, I just got, okay, let me 50% of remember my health this pattern. Yeah. yeah. GameSpot's review in progress is at a 9 out of 10. Damn. Wait, how can you have a review in progress and give a score? It, it don't, 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 no. don't, just don't, just, just, well, that's a let it be. just let it be. <laughs> let these re- Quote, while I have invested upwards of 30 hours into it, there are still a few more locations I need to explore and bosses I need to beat before the credits roll, and I'm excited to do it. But there's also a score attached to 9 out of 10. I guess They always thir- do that. I don't know. 30 hours is a pretty significant chunk of fucking time. Like, you get a get... You... There isn't much that's going to change unless the game absolutely drives itself off a cliff between... That and the end boss after 30 hours. It happens, though. It's always been my personal policy not to put a review out until the game's complete. Yes. That is that is yes. a fair point. But 30 hours is a heck of a long time. <laughs> the bad, they say, uh, is that sometimes, quote, you know, sometimes it's just cruel, quote. <laughs> <laughs> Get good. <laughs> I saw a mock-up. I saw a mock-up of, you know, uh, the Google Stadia has, like, the in uh, the Google Assistant button on it. Someone had posted like a screenshot of uh, Orenstein and Smile, and it was like, "Please help me with this." And <laughs> the Google Assistant response was, "Get good." <laughs> oh snap! What a what an asshole! <laughs> 
Oh, the future God. you have. We're gonna be to talking about that next week. We oh, are. Boy. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yes. I am. I am taking my PS4 to work tomorrow so I can play it before I start work and then during my lunchtime and also then procrastinate for half the afternoon doing design research <laughs> while, <laughs> while playing Sekinol. Red box. Okay. Uh, so, well, fi- finalists. <laughs> yeah. On uh, on that note, you guys want to do the award? Yes. George, were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was there last night. We ended up sitting behind some uh, Sony Santa Monica devs who flipped the hell out when when God of War got gaudy. Nice, they, good uh, on them. Yeah, yeah. No, they were they were they were shrill. They were uh, ecstatic. And my first question was, why don't they have you sitting up there at the fancy tables where the 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 uh, the rest of the finalists? Because it are. probably wasn't Corey Balrog, was it? Corey Balrog and his uh, entourage, I guess, got the fancy table. Yeah, it was probably just the devs. <laughs> and uh, the these guys behind us were like a mile away from the stage. Oh, no. So uh, it, it was the IGF like high school and all the GDC Awards, right? Um, yeah, they play them back to back. They start with the IGFs, which are just getting better and better every single year. Like, every time when I've sat through these awards, I walk out being like mad that I've endured so many years of, of reading comments on the internet talking about how bad the Spike VGAs were and like are back then when I was going to the first few award show when these have always been around. They've they're such a like well informed, res- respectful, mm. and well produced um, and insider aware uh, version of of the video games Oscars. But for uh, some reason, I. I guess it doesn't have the marketing. It doesn't have the capital enough to fake it till they make it for yeah. for random Joe Blow internet commenter to regularly be watching this stuff. And they're so good. Like I kind of um, teared up a little bit when they were doing the Lifetime Achievement Awards this year. They uh, did a biographical piece on the company engineer at Fairchild who made cartridges for the F system and interviewed his family about how how important it is to give respect to just like lackeys in the office who just look like them and have job normal jobs like them that end up becoming extremely significant technological contributions to humanity as as the decades roll on and it was ooh it gave me tingles they they had a sort of obituary type reel where they were um playing a list of uh, names and faces of game developers who have passed away this year but worked in the industry in the past and they went back to people who were there in the 70s and 80s and have been retired for for years but they still put a lot of research into this to make sure that like everyone doing some kind of work is is respected and honored during these awards in some kind of way and that's just that is beautiful i i love this show yeah, shout out to Kelly Wallach and her team for the IGF. They do a really good fucking job with that. And, oh, it's also such a good who's who in indie gaming right now. Like, my favorite part of GDC is the award show, and my favorite part after GDC is coming home with this big list of games to play. Um, there were there were some new ones to me that I really want to check out. Mirror Drop, I, I think, uses ray tracing. That might be a good visual uh, demo to understand how how ray tracing works where a lot of um what you see are are like infinite puzzles of of mirrors mm. in front of each other with with crazy optical illusions extending out into infinity uh there's there's a really cute looking um cell phone game called Florence uh published by Annapurna Annapurna had a big presence this year in the awards they are 
They are carving a path out. Um, Noita is a side-scroller physics-based action game where every single... I, I, I don't know if I want to say every single pixel on the screen, but every chunk of everything you're interacting with is going through some kind of physics simulation. And there's moments where you see like entire screens full of water splashing and colliding with the the geometry in real time and and fire effects that look really good that eat into the ground and and decay it underneath you. Nice. Wow. Wow, Mirror Drop looks ridiculous. But too. I also just want to shout out that uh, Hypnospace Outlaw totally got snubbed by not being in the narrative category. <laughs> well, it only just come out, so I don't think it could be counted, right? It must no, be no, a- it's in there. They've got nominees for, for Hypnospace, and Hypnospace was the one I was rooting for. How is that How is that even possible? Like, They must have like a cutoff, right? Because that game came out last week. Yeah. So actually, you bring up a good question that I don't know the exact answer to because one of the games on here was What the Golf, which has no public demo, no public release. But stuff that's. What was that's, the category, um, though? Because if the category is like good looking upcoming uh, games. It was excellence in design. Oh, okay. That's yeah, that's weird. The category. Which yeah. was won by the best dudes in the world. Into the Breach! The Opus Magnum? Oh, oh, that was the other one. There was another GDC award for best design. (laughs) Yeah, that's the GDC awards. Those are different (laughs) from the IGF awards. (laughs) Yeah, the IGF best design was Opus Magnum. Zactronics. Zactronics. Absolute fucking genius. How the um, hell that guy is real? I don't even know. Good good job to to Into the Breach. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy they... They got their award. They they totally deserved it. Also, um, Oberdin like wiped the floor with a lot of these. I would I would like to technically yep. uh, step in here and say I <laughs> to, won three to awards last here. night. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> I won. Th- I won. Matt, didn't you know I won three awards last night? Oh, you can't say I won. We won. There you go. No, Oberdin won what best. A lot. Let me control F because oh, it was in both shows. It won the main prize. Excellence in narrative. Yeah, excellence in narrative. It won. Be- it won the overall IGF best prize, the Seamus McNally mm-hmm. prize, which means it was the game of the year for the IGF. Uh, and then it won something else. I think there was three awards that it won. Congrats to Lucas. Like, thank you for letting me be a small part of that game. But fuck me, that game is so good, and it deserves those prizes for sure. I I, I don't understand how it beat genital jousting though. Genital jousting is for narrative, yeah, for excellence in narrative. Uh, yeah. yeah, apparently, um, genital jousting has a storyline. Yeah, and it's a really good storyline. I don't understand what's going on. Now you know, you know, like this is a great like crash course on <laughs> what games are really cool and interesting this year. God, we need to play that game. Um, and and I actually wrote down a quote from the presenter before she went through the nominees that included genital jousting as a best narrative award. She basically said all games have a narrative, whether it's intentional or not. And I guess the story of trying to uh, worm your genitals out of the way of other genitals uh, has has no. emotional ups and downs of a roller coaster of a narrative experience, just like any other. No, 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 no. no. Like you, you never played the multiplayer for that game. Mm-mm, not, Basically, not myself. you're supposed to stick your genital inside of their their bodies. inside of their genitals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's between the two two balls. That's like that's why you see a little little X right there. Mm-hmm. The I think the, the balls, balls are yeah. synonymous with being like an ass as well, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 You, you should look up the trailer for that. It's a great game. It's really good. Yeah. It's a great game. So the uh, third award that Oberdin got was Best Narrative for the GDC Awards. Wait. Oh, so it won two Best Narrative and then one Main Prize. Yep. 
Wow. Congrats to yep. Lucas. That's crazy. Well, thanks, guys. I'm going to retire now. I won, I won the IGF, technically. <laughs> oh, my. You can't say you, but it's Lucas Pope. Ah. <laughs> no, you were I have, there taking the award. I have literally nothing to do with that whatsoever. <laughs> I, <laughs> I held down a tiny bit. Like, nothing to do with it. Just messing. Oh, my God. You're going to drive me nuts. I, and it's great because this week I can literally watch it happen. <laughs> During uh, uh, the nighttime, I've I've had laptops hook up to the hotel TV, and we've gone through these games. Hypnospace Outlaw, recommended, love it. Whole room cracked up. Music is hilarious. Jokes are hilarious. The internet is the internet humor. There is of our generation. Our um, boy, our boy, uh, Nitro Dad, Nitro Rad, did a did a video on it yesterday. Very good video about it. So if you're if you're interested, I will you should watch that. Be putting out a hilarious interview with the hilarious developer next week. Uh, Paratropic or Paratopic, rather, it's called, is um, also comes recommended. First person, uh, almost feels like a Quake Two style. Yeah, yeah, no, it feels like a Gravity Bone, Thirty Flights to Loving, um, Quadrilateral Cowboy. There's a lot of a lot of Brendan Chung inspiration you can see in that one that has you going through a multiple playthrough absurdist crime smuggling storyline. Nice. Um, and Oberdin was the other game we were playing, which, of course, I mean, you can hear about that in any other media outlet in the world. But, again, good stuff. Got got shivers when... Uh, Make sure you screenshot my name when you finish it, George. Oh, my God. You, <laughs> you'll never let it down, will you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I uh, think... I think that covers a lot. Congrats to all the winners. Mm. Congrats. Congrats. Ding. Grats. Into the Breach winning best design is like uh, it is like the most deserved thing in the world. So, shall we wrap up? We shall. You have GDC in to do. Mm-hmm. Live from I, San I, Francisco. I... Yeah, no. It's George. We've man. I am missing the Into the Breach postmortem right now. For <gasps> this. That's the only reason I wanted to go this year. Well, I'm going to watch it on the vault later because I like podcasting with you guys. Can too. I? Can I just? Can I just mention how how weird this is? Like for all our fellow sons and fathers and children and out there, <laughs> daughters, our daughters, our sisters, our mothers. For me, this has been a really weird GDC because I'm not there, but George has happened to be in the same room as my boss and my colleagues on multiple occasions during this GDC, and it's like two worlds colliding. Would you like me to relay messages to them? <laughs> tell them Would I'm you like working me... hard. <laughs> I will tell them that, that I have seen and heard you working all the time. That, that you uh, are constantly talking about how much you love them. It's so weird to be watching the Google thing and like see my boss on stage for him to then walk off and message me saying, how'd I look? For then George to be messaging me about the announcement on Discord. It's Shh. super weird. <laughs> yeah, I saw his um, indie soapbox too about, about self-criticism. and. Uh, did he do a good job? Yes, yes, he did a good, a good job. Well done, Dylan. Well done. He'll never hear this, but well done, Dylan. So I'm going to go check out some more IGF games, and then I'm heading to a talk on level scalability and destructibility in Hitman 2. Nice. Right up um, your street. You know, I was planning on going to the End of the Breach postmortem, but I'm happy I spent that time here with you. I'm not. I wish I was watching oh. the End of the Breach postmortem. 
Oh. <laughs> but you're going to see it on the vault later. And <laughs> I don't know if this uh, weird, more technical, because you know that one is going to be there. Like, they, they yeah, put that, all the big stuff in like, the vault. Yeah. I mean, most of the stuff comes out in the vault, just like sometimes it takes like three years for it to be uploaded. But hopefully stuff like the... Because they want, they want your $600 yeah. pass, your yeah. $2,500 all access. That's one thing about GDC they need to re-fucking-look at. My goodness, it's so expensive. They, they need to move the industry out of this city in general, I think. In case you're wondering, there are no emails and no dad den this week because of... George's inevitability of him sitting in a room with 20 people right now. But next week, we are back to back to normal. So send your messages and your submissions to deadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. And any other feelings or thoughts you may have, we do read them. Not always respond to them. Not always talk about them. But we do read them. So your words reach our eyes. And maybe one day Matt's eyes. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, I was going to say something, but you beat me to it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate it. Making it negative. Uh-huh. You're going to have like a little bit of an easier schedule from now on, right? You kind of... Yes. Yes. You, you got more time to read fan yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I have a job that respects my time a bit. Yes. <laughs> Matt, I, I, give you, I give you some advice for free right now. Yeah. Don't read last week's YouTube comments about Devil May Cry. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um, they yeah. did not like you <laughs> yep of course they did don't read your comments this week about google stadia because oh, yeah. i imagine how those are gonna go oh yeah. you know about devil may cry 5 let me let me say this i was watching someone do an s rank with nero uh, on a demo and he was doing stuff i didn't even know existed yeah <laughs> Do you know what's really weird? I didn't play the game for a week, and then I went back completely fresh and played it, and I S-ranked three missions in and a row. And you know, I want to propose weird. one cool idea for Stadia that directly folds into this, and that is basically jumping back and forth from a YouTube video of, like, how to do super crazy DMC tutorials to DMC itself. Actually, I don't know. Come to think of it, Alt-Tab already exists. But you don't have to leave the game anymore. Yes. You can just ask. But with state share. Oh, how to play DMC5 without, you know, getting everybody mad. And then, yeah, that should pop up. That video should pop up. But with state share, you can go right into it. Literally, Neo riding his sword in midair. Like, what? I didn't know he could do that. Wait, (laughs) what? The game doesn't tell you that. You literally can, like, do, like, aerial moves with your sword. Okay, like, ride it like a skateboard. Like, like Tony Hawk. Literally in the air, dude. Are you sure you're not I never knew existed. The game doesn't tell you that, though. Oh, my God. You know... Let's let's. Didn't we say we were gonna wrap? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>